Welcome to Talking Foosball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga. With player picks as vicious as a Jean-Paul Boetius volley, fancy advice as gut-wrenching as another Gio Reyna injury, and two pundits ready for Carnival weekend. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a laugh, one and all. My name is James Surrogate, this is Talking Foosball Fantasy Season 5, Match Day 24, and to break it all down before the Kölsch start flowing, it's the Fantasy Foosball got himself flowing. Ryan again I say that actually we've already we're both having a drink right now so technically the coach is already flowing yeah but you started it James yeah I did it's true, uh, very I, think, true. And I felt left out and <laughs> so I I had to go to the freezer and get me a beer myself so yeah well that's it I was gonna ask how how are the pre-carnival preparations going yeah I laugh to you as well so uh anyone who is not familiar with Cologne Carnival a laugh sounds nice, and that's what we shout out in praise of ourselves and the city we're living in. That's basically carnival is just Cologne guys celebrating themselves. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's what we like to do here in, uh, in Cologne. Yeah, and it, start, it starts early in the morning. It yeah. starts with a fair bit of beer drinking, and yeah. Yeah, a short disclaimer. So we, we, we are going to an open air venue. Oh, nice. Open air uh, carnival festivity so it's it's allowed now to go inside but we opted out of that because of like all the corona stuff still, is still happening so i'm going to be responsible to, to and, a certain uh, degree right in the way where we are <laughs> celebrating so we, we it's it's a big park there will be live music there will be uh djs who play carnival music which is Really, really, really good if you are in the kind of mute. And <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely here. Um, I'm, I'm like I grew up in Cologne. I'm uh, even though I'm, I was born in Hamburg and and stem from the north. But I, like I count myself, or I, I think I'm, I'm from Cologne. That's what, uh, what I would say. And I, I really enjoyed it um, growing up. And it's it's still it is that way. And last year, like there was nothing happen happening on Carnival, and and this year they, it was basically a yeah, fuck it, we're we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean exactly. Come on, like they put it off enough enough now. I think you are amongst the majority there in the city. Yeah, and and they had that. It's called Brauchtumszone now in Cologne. So you you're basically allowed to do anything for the six days uh, of Carnival. Yeah, see, I mean, yeah, Cologne. And and making exceptions for Carnival. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not sure that it's a wise move. But it is like it is. I'm I'm definitely going to enjoy it. I was going to say, although it's going to be it. a bit rainy yeah. and cold, and but like that's what Carnival is about. It, it it is indeed. It is indeed. And costumes, right? And costumes. Yeah, yeah. Of course. That's I'm it. going to be a flamingo. Oh. So <laughs> oh, it's going to be please great. send me a photo, please. <laughs> yeah, please, that I'm has going to, to do happen. that. Yes. Um, no, this is it. I mean, it was at Haymarket Secker when I sent out the tweet earlier saying that we need to do it before, you know, while you're still sober. Haymarket Secker said, uh, wait, 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 there's a gassed up option. He said, I would definitely listen to that. He said the tangents would be hysterical. And he says, I guess I can just put you on half speed this time around. But as I said, we are both having a little bit of a tipple to ourselves tonight. But Haymarket Secker, he, of course, the man who runs the TFF Pokal, a quick update on that, actually, while I talk about it. Uh, we're down to the last 100 teams into 
into the sixth round of the tournament, uh, which runs from match day 23 through to match day 27, which of course is when the next international break comes in and the next round of unlimited transfers. The top 50 will go through and then the knockout stages will start with the round of 16 after that. Uh, you can find it at HaymarketSecca on Twitter. That's where the spreadsheet link will be. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was worth mentioning that he would at some point perhaps take a gassed up version of Talking Foosball Fantasy and we might do it at some point, maybe an end of season celebration. I'm pretty sure we we did uh, in the past at least one of that, but we just didn't, <laughs> we didn't announce it that way. But. No, there was the one with the gin and tonics where you definitely announced it and I was definitely, you know, a couple of ciders deep as well. So no, you're not wrong. It has happened on occasion. Um, but anyway, we should probably talk about the fantasy world yeah. at large because we're recording a day early so we don't have as much team news at our disposal but we still wanted to cover everything that we could. I personally am trying to bounce back from an abysmal week although Flo, I texted Flo because I did a I, what I'm going to call a flow, which is I didn't sort my uh, team out before the deadline on Friday night yeah. because I was commentating the Schalke Paderborn game in the Taita Bundesliga. By the time I got off, I think I had two minutes. I tried to get Muller and Wimmer in. It didn't work out. And it was mainly because I was trying to figure out who to get in as a defender. And, and that kind of blew my cover. So that hurt. It hurt that I then had Aaron Martin on the bench. But in fairness, you know, I think there may be a dodged a bullet potentially with some of these players, uh, especially Thomas Muller, who we'll talk about at length today because he is going to be a hot topic. But we'll go on to a listener question. Uh, the first one from Dahananjai underscore 281. He says, hello guys, hope you're doing well. He's asking for the best Schick replacement flow. He's asking, is Guardiol to Angelino a swap, the best move, or are there better options? And he says, given the fact that he doesn't have a third transfer in mind, is taking Vimmer out this week against Leverkusen an okay move? I'm not sure I would take Wimmer out. It's it's definitely okay. You can do it, but I mean, he's so he's so cheap and he's delivering the goods. And I mean, we had a few weeks back. I'm not sure if it still holds true, but a few weeks back, Leverkusen had conceded the most shots from any team on home soil. So it's not necessarily that Bielefeld can't get shots off. And I mean, Stuttgart scored twice. At Leverkusen, and they they really have issues scoring goals. So, Mainz scored three goals against Leverkusen. I'm not sure that you have to take out Wimmer. Uh, I think with Angelino, the the issue is that Tedesco said that he's feeling sick and weak. We're not sure if he's able to play on Thursday. Probably best case is he's in a squad on Thursday, but it's not starting and it's getting like 20 minutes. So that we know he's definitely good to go on Sunday and then we'll start. Then he's probably, I guess, the best option. I think Rafael Guerrero is like he's starting to come on stronger on the pitch. He's definitely a viable option uh, as well. And you have him with a standalone fixture as well. So if you want that flexibility that Angelino gives you, Guerrero is probably is a safer bet right now. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. And and ultimately, I'd agree with the the Vimmer assessment as well, based on the fact that he plays the Friday night game the next week. And 
okay, it might be an easy transfer back in because he's so cheap, so you can always downgrade. But maybe this week potentially serves as a warning of how injuries and things can catch you off guard because I know there are a fair few people that may have to be forced into making three transfers as opposed to being free to pick and choose their players. Flo, I know you're in that camp. I also know, based on uh, the next question that we'll go on to, because I'll skip ahead here, but someone like at Bully Ugo, who has four players out, he's got Muller out, Schick out, Gavardiol out, and Taliso out. He says, I've only got three transfers, so I have to prioritise who are the best replacements and who should I not replace this match day? I mean, that's not a fun conundrum, Flo. Yeah. Uh, so Schick and Tuliso are going out, for sure, because they are uh, injured longer. And then it's probably, you have to get rid of Muller, because I, like, are you not going with a striker? They have the biggest points potential usually. So it's like, just out of this assessment, it would be Guardiol you want to hang on, and he's definitely going to play the match day after next. So Guardiol would be my answer. I would hold on to Guardiol and ship the rest out. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good assessment of the situation. And, I'm, yeah. I'm not, like, is, is Müller definitely not being able to test himself because uh, 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 that's something like that's the question i, I think have. i think that's the question we have with everyone that that picks up a covid case because i think there is the opportunity yes that if they test negative on the friday and they feel okay that they might be cleared to play i think that's the risk we run but i i just doubt it as well i'm, I'm not sure where that we're go, going to get a, an answer on that yeah. but if there's like if there's some chance that Müller might play that's probably enough to say, okay, I'm holding on to Müller and, and shipping out Guardiol, Schick and Tolisso. Oh, I mean, that's, wow, that's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think I'd almost stick with your original assessment of saying I'd, I'd take Müller out if it's even a fraction of doubt, simply based on how valuable those three striker spots are. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'd go. I mean, that's why the, if we move on to the next question from at Carling underscore Tommy, he's asking best striker replacements for Schick and Muller because I think a fair few people will have both in their lineup. And this is my, you know, the, the bullet I dodged by not bringing Muller in because I missed the deadline. At least I didn't have this conundrum. But he's asking for the best replacements. He's also asking, is it worth going Muller to Holland, or is there still too much risk attached to that as well? We, we'll see about that. So I was surprised that Haaland isn't making the trip to Glasgow because... Like, I think he trained in full on Tuesday or so, that at least that the, that's the news that came out of Dortmund. We have to see what, what Rosa says. If, like, if it's a precautionary measure and they say we want, like, we're concentrating on the Bundesliga, Bayern has some issues with injured players, with COVID, they're playing at Frankfurt now. If they, like, slip, we want to be there. So Haaland is going to play at Augsburg. Then I'm totally fine with going with Haaland. But that's news dependent. Apart from Haaland, I think Modest definitely is very interesting to me. Uh, he came off the bench because he was sick. And then um, he had Corona also. So yeah. But now he's going to start again. They're playing at Fürth. It's a must-win game almost for Cologne if they want to have a chance to play in Europe. Or it's like these are the games they you really have to win after an important win against Frankfurt. You have to follow up and follow through with a win at Fürth. And Modest 
I, I just said, like, I, I watched through all the shot statistics. And if you take a guy like Andre Silva, for instance, uh, for Leipzig, I think he's a decent choice. But per 90 minutes, like, Modest is involved in almost one shot more than Silva on average. More than one shot more. 1.2 shots more per 90 minutes than Andre Silva. So Silva's shot involvement is not as high as you would like. And both Modest and Kramaric, who's playing on a Friday evening, way higher. And, and Kramaric is, is higher than uh, Rutea by half a shot per 90 minutes. And at the end of the day, I like to lean on these kinds of statistics because efficiency, it, it comes and goes. But shot involvement is key. Uh, and that's why I lean, like Haaland, of course, like he said, almost six shots. That's more than one and a half shots more than Modest per 90 minutes. That's an amazing stat. So Haaland would be my number one target, but I want some kind of clarity that he's good to go. And behind Haaland would be Modest and then Kramaric. Um, and Modest and Kramaric are very close to each other in my mind. And I wouldn't think about Silva just because of that, and Bochum had a re has a really sound defense at home, and that's the end of the list for me. Yeah, I mean, it's you, just, you could make an argument for Musa Diaby. I was going to say, I wondered whether you might mention your old favorite Lucas Alario here as well. You know why I'm not doing that? Because Leverkusen is traveling to Munich next week. Yeah, and like, it's if it's close, that's definitely swinging the needle for me. So I like I have. Frimpong and Wurz already in my squad. I, I don't want to load up on Leverkusen for this match day and then having issues with them um, next match day. So that's why I'm not going to invest in a Leverkusen striker. No, that, that's fair enough. It's actually, I mean, the reason that I'm considering getting rid of Jeremy Frimpong for my back line this week, actually to just kind of preempt that. Although for me, it's the question of I might make two transfers up front because I still have Andre Silva, yeah, because I didn't get rid of him for Thomas Muller last week. I actually still have Andre Silva and Schick, and it's whether I want to get rid of both of them or just hold on to Silva because I don't actually need to sell him right now. It's more, a, it could be a whim potentially to try and uh, jump on a better bandwagon. So yeah, that's the, the conundrum I'm kind of facing myself with my front line. But uh, I, I'd ag uh, yeah, I, I would agree with the fact that there are some good options out there. I, there's one I want to mention. I'm going to hold off on mentioning him because I know I'm going to mention him multiple times later on in this show. For now, I'll ask the final question uh, from one of our listeners. And he's asking, it's Benji Tanelli. If I could make only one transfer, is it a good idea to get rid of Iago instead of Guardiol, given the fact that we know that Guardiol is out, but Iago will play last on the match day against Dortmund? He says his full back line is Guardiol, Iago, uh, Aaron Martin, Guerrero and Frimpong. So how do you feel about that one, Flo? Because it's never a nice position to be in, but I think I know what your answer is going to be. Yeah. No, uh, I'm really torn. I think it's it's a great question because like Dortmund has the best attack in the Rückrunde so far. They they scored 22 goals so far. They played three away games so far in the Rückrunde. They scored uh, three goals in in every game they played away from home so far. It's definitely concerning uh, with Iago. Uh, I agree there. So and with Guardiol. We know he usually is a pretty good fantasy defender. He's probably going to start 
the week after at home against Freiburg. Yeah, I can see the reasoning. I don't think it's a, stu it's a stupid idea. And especially seeing, since I think all your other defenders are like Frimpong at home against Bielefeld. Uh, I like, like you have already Guerrero as uh, to close out your, your match day. So you're not really in need of the flexibility. Aaron away from home. Union haven't, hasn't scored a goal since Max Cruiser left. They played three games, didn't score a single goal. And then you bring on a defender you like. Instead of Iago, yeah, uh, I, I can see that. Uh, I think it's it, it, it might be a smart move. I mean, I, I think there are merits to both. I, I was trying to play it out in my head how I would go about it. And I think what I ultimately came down to is that I would sell Gavardiol. I'd keep Iago because he plays Friday night next week against Bielefeld. But then also because Frimpong, if you want to sell Frimpong for the game against Bayern, Frimpong back to Guardiol is not too much of a jump if that's the way you want to go. Yeah, that's a good point also, yeah. The only the only problem I found with that flow is that it leaves him with both Aaron Martin and Rafael Guerrero in the Sunday game between Mainz and Dortmund as his last defenders. And again, that's not a comfortable position to be you in. You mean Iago and Guerrero? No, no, no. Augsburg against Dortmund. No, no, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm leaping ahead to the next match oh, date. Next right? week. I'm, oh, this is it. you're, you're yeah. always ahead of it. your yeah, time, yeah, I'm, James. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, a little further down the line. And so that that's a predicament. But yeah. I don't mind. I think there are merits to both approaches here, but I don't mind getting rid of Guardiola, holding on to Iago because I don't know. Let's say I, I, I don't know what the rest of his team looks like. That's the problem. But if you've maybe taken a gamble on someone in the Leipzig game, but but Mainz Dortmund is not the last game of the match day. No, but he wouldn't have any defenders from the Köln Hoffenheim game based on that back line. Well, why not? So they'd be the last defenders for him. Why not? Well, well I'm, I'm definitely interested in a Cologne defender. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, he could he could switch out Martin and Guerrero or Guerrero. That just means he's making two transfers at the back. That's all. So I didn't I didn't want to preempt too many transfers further down the line. But yeah, as I say, mer merits to both ultimately. Really there are. But with Iago this week, there is a chance that he might still be playable. It's a risk against Dortmund, don't get me wrong, but he might be playable if someone else really lets you down from the Bochum-Leipzig game or the Frankfurt-Bayern game, for instance. And maybe then you take the risk, and the worst-case scenario, he gets you minus points and you get rid of him out of your starting lineup, and they don't count anyway. Yeah, the greatest risk you, you run is getting a zero. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's correct. That's it. So, yeah, don't don't panic too much, um, but merits to both. Okay, we will leave it there for part one. We'll be back in just a jiffy. We'll be looking at the fixture list for match day 24. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Let's dive straight into the Friday night game, as we always do when we start part two of this show. And it's an interesting one, Flo, because Hoffenheim against Stuttgart, a matchup between teams that I don't think many people will be invested in right now. And a lot of people will be looking at how best to get some value out of this game that they can. Of course, we'll have the lineups. Uh, a couple of statistics for you. Hoffenheim have already won as many games this season as they did in the entire 2020-21 campaign. Meanwhile, Stuttgart have never before had as few as four wins at this stage of a Bundesliga season. They've actually only won one of their last 11 away games. And so it really lends itself to thinking that Hoffenheim are the wise investment. Is, is that where you're at with it, Flo? 
No, I, I don't think I can invest in Stuttgart right now, the way they're playing. I think Borna Sosa, I mean, he holds his own, just like how much he's involved. And uh, I think he's fine. I have him in my squad, and that's why I probably won't bring in Karajabek. Otherwise, like, he would be pretty interesting. His shot involvement is through the roof for a defender, but, like, the sample size is still small with him just because of how little he played this season. So it's, it, he's sitting at 4.2 per 90 minutes. That's amazing. That's like, Andre Silva says 3.3, just to put that into perspective. And Kramaric is at 4.4. So Kadaravik almost there with Kramaric. That probably won't hold, but it's still good to know. Like, Kadarabic definitely can have big attacking returns, and I really like him in this match. I like Kramaric, and I also like Rutea. So, Kramaric is at 4.4 shots per 90, and Rutea is at 3.9. Uh, but he's much cheaper. So, both these guys, definitely interesting to me. Kramaric would be more interesting if he plays as a striker. Definitely, I, what I don't like is if he's playing yeah, as some kind of a hybrid winger. An 8, an 8, 10, 7, somewhere like in the mix there, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's what yeah. I don't like. Um, apart from that, I think Kramaric can, like, he can make it work basically no matter where he plays. And Stuttgart is still the team that conceded the most shots from all in the Bundesliga so far this season. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's there's three clubs pulling ahead of the field in, in cases of con uh, shots conceded, and um, that's Stuttgart, Fürth, and Bielefeld. That's a pretty big margin after that. So these three teams concede the most shots. Just some food for thought. Yeah, I'm actually I'm kind of surprised that Bielefeld are the third in that list. I thought you know based on their improvements recently, uh, yeah. but I, I think it's probably more away from home than yeah. at home. Just my gut feeling, but yeah. yeah, Bielefeld is up there. Yeah, surprised by that as yeah, well. It's interesting, but maybe it's because like they are uh, the team with the least amount of uh, possession is in the Bundesliga is Bielefeld. Yeah, they did, they they had more of it against Union. They didn't really know what to do with it. It was really interesting to watch them kind of <laughs> yeah. go. Well, like we're not used to this. What what do we do? But to go back to Hoffenheim, I, I'm with you. I really like Jorginho Rute. He was the player I was talking about in part one that I thought about mentioning. Yeah. And, yeah. and didn't. The, the thing with him, he, he's a one and done guy because we've seen him have these incredible standout performances and then get dropped the next game. Yeah. So even if he does get into the starting lineup against Stuttgart, even if he does score one, two, three, however many it is, I think it was against Greuterfurt, wasn't it, that he scored a hat trick and a well taken one as well, it has to be said. But the problem is, even then, I'm not convinced that Sebastian Hernes goes, yeah, you're staying in the starting lineup for the next match day when they're the final game against Köln. And that's my issue with Rutet, is that he is such a one-and-done. That's a big risk to take nowadays, based on injuries stacking up in places, the odd COVID case here or there. And so a one-and-done player yeah, becomes more risky. Yeah. Bibu is like the third guy who might play up front. But we talked about shots involvement per 90 minutes. Babu is at 2.6. So it's nowhere near there. Um, probably, like, he played some games where he played as a wing back, And maybe that's why his stats are so down in comparison to Rutea and Kramaric. But, 
I mean, Brun Larsen is basically on par with Ritter. Dabur is on par with Ritter. And then it's a big gap. And then it's Bibu. So, yeah, it, definitely the stats leave me not liking Bibu as much. And I think he never scores one goal. I think it's this crazy stat with him. Like, I, I think he scored one time, he scored a hat trick and two time a brace. And all the other games, he like, he scored nothing. That's the issue with him. Yeah, I think you're spot on. And then plus, uh, he's a guy that the final pass goes to. He's not often a person that plays the final pass. And you're right, he did play at right wing back a couple of times and that hampers the statistics. But even when you see him play as a striker, he's the guy making the run that is fed through. And therefore that just diminishes his shot involvement a little bit because he's not as much of a, a creator as he is a, a finisher in, in the way they set up and the, the role that he plays for them. But that's it. I, I think the Hoffenheim front line has always been a minefield this season. And if you hit lucky, then you can hit big, as we've seen with the likes of Kramerich, with the likes of Ruter, uh, Dabur, Bebu, they've all hit big at times. But, yeah. you know, you're, just, you're taking a gamble at any time you invest in them, which is, is part of the game. Yeah, it is. And on a Friday, like, I'm willing to take a gamble. So I'm, I'm definitely fine. Hoffenheim is traveling to Cologne next week. Uh, that's a middling matchup, I would say. So it's like, I wouldn't, I probably don't want uh, Kramaric is my striker next week, I guess, but that's true for most strikers I can get as a fill-in for Schick and Müller apart from Haaland. It's probably that. And and that's why I, I think I'm fine with Kramaric. I'm fine with Modest. They're playing each other on the next match day. I think that's a decent enough matchup for me to consider them. And then ship one of them out if I going go with both. But probably, I hope it's going to be Haaland and then either Modest or Kramaric. Probably Modest. But that's my, my plan right now. Yeah, that's it. If Haaland does return, it makes things a lot easier, I think, in terms of some of the decision-making. Because, yeah, not as much of a headache as to whether you bring him back in based on form, based on fitness. You know, the fact that the hand has been forced a little here does help. Let's move on to the Saturday 3.30 games then. Leverkusen against Bielefeld being the first one. Now, Leverkusen, they're unbeaten at home in their last six outings. Four wins two draws. Bielefeld, just one loss in their last eight Bundesliga outings. They've actually collected 15 of their 25 points this season in that time span. So this is not a foregone conclusion by any stretch of the imagination. Flo, you've already mentioned the buying game for Leverkusen next week, which is why you wouldn't invest. So who is your player pick from this game? So I wouldn't invest in Leverkusen assisting Frimpong and Wirtz are great options. And I wouldn't invest in in Bielefeld assets as well, so I'm I'm, I'm pretty neutral uh, to to this match. So my player pick maybe it's Frimpong. I think one of these days he's going to get a big outing with the way he's playing. It's just not translating so far in a fantasy sense consistently enough. From like the eye test is saying that he should be much better than he actually is. Yeah, that's a, a very, very good point to make when it comes to Mr. Frimpong. Okay, let's talk about Union against Mainz then. Now, Mainz are actually the Bundesliga's most informed team with seven points from the last three games. Yeah, informed from the last three games. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we yeah, have, like, 
I read the same stat sheet as you read, James. And yeah. it's it's always like these are this is the best team in the last four games. Oh, great! This is the best team in the last three games. Yeah, this is the best team in the last five games. This is the best team in the well, round. No, this is the th- best team since yeah. December. So, but do you want to know the only time it happens, Flo? Is when Bayern lose a game. It's the yeah. only time it happens for a team like mine. So the statisticians are so happy yeah, to put Mainz at the top just, of the form just table. Just because you said it's the most informed <laughs> team of the league. Well, no. yeah, it, it's it, it's how you define the time span. That's it is. That, it is. That's I, what I, I did like, say with seven points from their last three games. Yeah, there yeah. you go. But I usually, would you say that like? Isn't form usually five games? I, I I agree with you. I think it should be. Yeah, I, uh, okay. I did read this stat and I put it in knowing that you would yeah. poke fun at it and knowing <laughs> yes. it was okay. Um, but the other the, the other reason I put it in, flow is because they are the most informed team in the last three games. Yeah. And Union are the most out-of-formed team in the last three games as well. That's true. Because they haven't yeah. scored a goal. Okay. They haven't picked up a point since Max Cruiser left. I'll allow there it, James. Go. There was context, yeah. I promise. <laughs> Method yeah. to the madness. But yeah, talk to me about this game and a player pick because yeah it's a, it's a tough one Union they just look a shell of themselves right now and and I know it's since Cruz has left but let's be honest it's also Friedrich left as mm-hmm. well um, and, and so they've just been hard hit they've lost a bit of their core yeah uh, I agree and that's why like I don't want to invest in Union especially like the only investable guys would be the wing backs and that's and these are the positions hardest fought right now on both sides I can't point the finger on who's playing. Is Ryerson or Trimmel on the right flank? Is Ochipka or Gieselmann on the left flank? So that's an instant stay wave for me, uh, for the team as a whole. Uh, I think Mainz is, is, is playing pretty good. Definitely Aaron, he's staying in your team. I hope you, like, he should be in your team. So, uh, yeah. Um and the guy you can definitely make an argument for is Anton Stach, because uh, yeah, he likes to shoot, and that's what we like uh, as fantasy managers. So yeah, he's got a great, great strike on him as well, and he's know? cheap. Only thing is that I think it's going to be a, a game with not much attacking fireworks. So Stach, on average, two point three shots per ninety minutes. That's actually is is pretty high, but he's not giving passes to shot, and we know why that is, James. As soon as he sees the goal, he's not thinking about passing anymore. It's no, just no. shoot, shoot, shoot. It's ever, ever yeah. since he scored the goal against Augsburg, isn't it? Which was an absolute <laughs> peach as well. But ever since then, I feel like he's just been trigger happy. But as you say, yeah, for fantasy point, owners, point six great. passes to a shot <laughs> per ninety minutes. Yeah. Yeah, Boetius is at 1.8, so three strikes. Yeah, that. I'm starting to think that Jean-Paul yeah. Boetius may be one of the most underrated players that's ever been in the Bundesliga as well. I love I really him, do. I love him, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, his his goal was, was wonderful, it was I agree. wonderful. Um, but yeah, okay, yeah. let's move on because we could probably wax lyrical about Jean-Paul Boetius for at length. Um, yeah. But let's move on to Gladbach against Wolfsburg. Now, the Foles, Gladbach, have conceded 19 goals at home so far this term. Uh, That's the same number as they conceded in the entire of last campaign. But again, this is not a foregone conclusion after their 6-0 drubbing against Borussia Dortmund last weekend. So player pick-wise, Flo, where are you looking? Oh, it's tough. Probably Benzabaini. Yeah, Benzabaini, because defender market is abysmal. 
Yeah, Jonas Hofmann, of course, but like, like, who am I telling Jonas Hofmann? It's like, he, he's in all of your squads and he should be. Yeah, apart from that, Benzema Inibet, I'm not sure that I would want to invest in him. But yeah, at, at least definitely he's an option. I think he's out of the question that he's going to play. Only issue, are they going back to a four-man back line, maybe, James? Yeah, they did in that game against Dortmund, didn't they? Um, no, they, they played Friedrich, Elvedi and Ginter. So, no, no, sorry, dur- during the game. During, during the game, the game yeah. um, how, how did that work uh, out? I was going to say, who did they uh, Who did they take out? Uh, was it Friedrich in the end that they took out? They took out one of the centre-backs and Benzabini ended up playing left-back. And to be honest, I was surprised he even made the full 90 minutes because the dude was on the fringes of a red card yeah. for most of the 90 minutes, it seemed. So um, it was one of those as a fantasy owner. I was just watching every tackle he made with like a heart-in-mouth moment type feeling. But yeah, that 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 is it. They they may do that on the back of that. I, I don't know what Adi Hutter's thinking. The problem is, I mean... Yeah. So it's probably a stay-away game for me as a whole. And I mean, Wolfsburg, they're having a really bad season. But in, in terms of uh, conceding shots, they're fifth best in the league. Only Hoffenheim, Leipzig, Dortmund and Bayern have conceded less shots than Wolfsburg. Yeah. So... That's definitely something to keep in mind. And um, I mean, Gladbach isn't the attacking powerhouse they used to be. Although <laughs> sometimes it's good. I haven't looked at these stats because I usually like, I, I look at them from time to time and then I'm like, I've got a fear for that. But Gladbach has produced 343 shots on goal so far this season. And let me just, Check. Yeah, it's the second most in the league. Only Bayern has more. Dortmund is sitting at 326. Leipzig has 314. Hoffenheim 319. So they, they're producing a lot of shots. So that's definitely a positive for, for Gladbach. But a uh, matchup against Wolfsburg still not ideal. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking elsewhere. Well, the, pro- the problem is, Flo, I, I think there's a lot of matchups that aren't ideal really this week especially in these 330 games well um, let's let's talk about the next one let's talk about the next one. Oh, you're more excited about freiburg <laughs> against Hertha then because, yeah I, I, mean, I am a little bit yeah if we're talking about out of form teams yes uh, Hertha's return of two points in the rook runder uh is terrible and the least informed team yeah <laughs> aren't they james but yeah the two berlin sides right now i mean they out of the last eight games Hertha is the worst team yes Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Five goals scored, 16 conceded, two points. Just two points. And the problem is, I mean, they, they didn't look terrible at times against Leipzig last, last weekend, but then, the, you know, the, the red card and they, they completely gave up in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're definitely like, they had, had chances to, to, to get in front against Leipzig. Yeah, I agree. But like these kind of things happen. And like Freiburg, best team in the Bundesliga. From set pieces, Hatta already conceded 14 goals via set pieces. Lovely. So, Grifo and Günther, set piece takers for Freiburg. I love it. Yeah, and I was going to get rid so, of Grifo last I, week. I, I saw guys having uh, going with Nico Schlotterbeck. Yeah, brilliant. Not a bad idea for that match. I, I mean, he's probably the best defender in the Bundesliga this season. I'm not sure if I like I can name one that's better than him in, ter- in terms of consistency, in terms of importance to his team. No, I couldn't agree more. No one has outperformed. Yeah, him. maybe Jonathan Ta is having a great <sighs> season as well. 
No, that's no. Yeah, you, you're disagreeing. Yeah, you know, he's having a great. He's having a great season. I agree, but he's not been better than Schlotterbeck. Yeah, Egvadiol is having a great yeah. season for Leipzig, but yeah, Nico Schlotterbeck, uh, yeah, great defender. So I usually don't do stuff like that because Nico Schlotterbeck, one point seven shots is he involved in per ninety minutes. So you're banking on him getting at the end of at least two set pieces, so you get. The four points for two shots on goals. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I like more the guys who have that on a more consistent basis, but you can't argue that like he knows how to score. And he's shown that. And he's winning challenges, so you, you get a baseline from him. Uh, I think the clean sheet probability is good at home against Sata. So, yeah, I, I, I don't fold anyone going with a guy like Schlotterbeck? No, I mean, I, I absolutely not. I mean, I don't think you can when he's the highest scoring defender in the game. And that's the crazy thing because no no one in the def- defensive market has actually been consistent. Um, yeah, that's true. Even, even Christian Gunter, who's the second, you know, uh, it's 188 points for, for Schlotterbeck, 176 for Gunter, 165 for Guardiola. So those are the, the, you know, the three defenders that we've really kind of mentioned there. But it really is because the defender market has been terrible this year that Schlotterbeck can shine because he has these consistent, you know, 10, 11 point games and then the outliers that are, you know, the 18, 20 pointers where he maybe pops up with a goal or, you know, has a couple of shots on target. Mm. And then, of course, you couple that with Freiburg's proficiency from set pieces. It's a match made in heaven for him. So I think you're not really going wrong with Gunter or Schlotterbeck and it really comes down to your budget. Because at that point, yeah, if you need to save the three million that Schlotterbeck saves you, then he's the perfect foil. Um, but yeah, I think in an, in another season of the Bundesliga fantasy flow, he wouldn't be as important or as popular a choice because in other seasons we have seen Angelino, Guerrero or Kimmich back in the day be incredibly consistent. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's not only the highest scoring defender, he's also like he's insert in, in terms of points per game so he he's having just an amazing uh, amazing season yeah he's not going to be at Freiburg next season I, I, I'm pretty confident of saying that but yeah. scored three goals already that's definitely helping of course yeah that's it because yeah. Leinhardt has outscored him if I'm not mistaken right in terms of goals but yeah Leinhardt you know again you, you could go to Leinhardt as well but why would you when you're already saving money on Schlotterbeck yeah Let's move on to the last game of the 3.30 kickoffs then. First against Köln. Now, uh, Köln have got 35 points this season. That's already two more than they gained in the whole of the last campaign. I feel like I've had a lot of those statistics today in this show, so I do apologise yeah. for that. But uh, at the same time... I think that's a fine statistic, James. Right, I, okay, thank you very yeah. much. You know, it was a positive yeah. one for Köln. I thought you'd, you'd go with that. And ultimately, this is, yeah, their best, their best ever haul in terms of points after 23 games of a Bundesliga season. Now they're coming up against... That's not correct. Huh? Sorry, James. It's uh, since there's a three-point rule for win. Ah, thank Okay, thank you. That's a, 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 that is an important distinction the, in that the, one. So thank you very I much. I mean, Cologne used to be the Bayern of the Bundesliga as the Bundesliga started. They were the first champions of the Bundesliga. So, yeah. As many a taxi driver in this city will tell you, I'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> And they were crown champions in the 70s as well. One time more, so it's... Uh, I think uh, 92 or 93, we started doing that three points per win. 
Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, you had that definitely sooner in England. We or did. It was always the case in th- England. I'm not sure. No, 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 I don't think it was always the case, but we definitely brought it in earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I yeah, don't think it's um, actually. I don't think it was that much earlier than than you. But yeah, I'd have I'd have I'd have to double check yeah, again. But but this stat is so is since the early 19th and uh, there weren't better than that. And so talk to me about a player pick then from this game, because I assume you're looking at this one at least as an investable match. Yeah, definitely Modest. I, I like Benno Schmitz. And if you want to risk it with Florian Kainz, I can see this being a game where he might get back on, on the good side uh, of the fantasy thing. Maybe even Elias Giri, because... <sighs> He's playing defensive midfielder, but he's just so involved all over the pitch. Um, and you know he's going to play 90 minutes. Kainz is like, Kainz can be subbed off after 55. So maybe I'm, I'm switching that to uh, Eris Guri. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, I don't he's, think, he's missed a back post. Uh, you know, he loves popping up at the back post for a header from a corner as well. You know, so. Yeah. And, and like he does get points in all facets of the game. Like it. I like the pick. So these are the three Cologne players uh, I'm interested in. And uh, I've got an amazing stat to one of these I'll bring on in the player picks at the end. Oh, okay. I'm excited to hear what that is then. Right, then let's move on for the time being on to the next game, which is uh, Frankfurt against Bayern. Now, uh, yeah, Frankfurt have actually proven Bayern's bogey team in recent years. Uh, They've beaten them twice in a row. The last time they beat them three times in a row uh, was between 1976 and 77. On top of that, they're also Julian Nagelsmann's bogey team because he's never beaten Frankfurt in his past four attempts. uh, Two draws and two defeats. (laughs) So, um, yeah, this may not be as as straightforward as it might present itself as. Uh, Frankfurt, good for a plot twist or two. So uh, when it comes to Muller owners' flow, we've talked about some alternatives. We didn't really mention alternatives within the Bayern lineup. Is that for a reason? Sané is definitely, like, if you look at the stats, uh, he's leading all in the Bundesliga. Seven, like, he's involved in seven shots per 90 minutes. That's insane. Uh, Lewandowski is at 6.5. So Sané involved in more shots than Lewandowski. But does he play 90 minutes? Hmm, we're not sure. And like, what's the game look at Frankfurt? I have my doubts. Like, I was expecting Bayern to really hand it to Ferd. And that wasn't what happened. Like, at halftime, it was a well-deserved lead for Ferd. And I'm not sure, like, it's all hypothetically, of course, but Bayern scoring, like, 32 seconds into the second half. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so demoralizing if you're third. That's, like, oh, that's so brutal. And we're not sure what would have happened if, if that go- Probably Bayern would still have won that game, but in the end, like, 4-1, that sounds definitely more comfortable than it was. So I'm not sure that I want to invest in Sané at Frankfurt. I've just got some kind of spidey senses tingling with with Bayern going to Frankfurt. So yeah, that's why like Sané is a perfectly reasonable choice if you look at the stats and if you think that Bayern will like be able to play their usual game and handily beat Frankfurt. It's definitely possible. 
And then Sané is, uh, if you like, used to doubling up on Bayern strikers, it's it's a logical replacement for Milan. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was worth mentioning. Oh, or even you could go with Nabri. He's also has four point seven shots per ninety minutes, so it's much less than Sané. But we know that Nabri is like he's more lethal than uh, Sané is in front of goal. Yes, no, de- yeah, definitely more, definitely more clinical yeah. than good old uh, yeah trigger happy Leroy. But yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was worth pointing that out because yeah, we didn't really mention any Bayern strikers. But I mean, how do you feel about this game compared? to the Sunday fixtures when people are looking for flexibility. I mean, we, we mentioned Kimmich last week and I think uh, Kimmich kind of showed exactly why we were hesitant to say he's a must-have because he just didn't perform in that game at all. Yeah. Doesn't mean he can't perform in this one, but yeah. Yeah, and I think Tulisa was a perfectly fine choice. And yes, these, these are the things. Don't feel bad if you... Like, I, wa- I wanted to bring in Tulisa... And then I was confirming my transfers and was giving me an error message. And I was thinking, what, what? Everything's fine. And then I saw that I had made four transfers. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to take one back. <laughs> that was stupid. Because I made, like, unusual of me, I made a goalkeeper transfer. And uh, for some reason in my head, I didn't count that as a transfer. And that's the reason why in the end I didn't have to listen. But... That was a perfectly fine transfer. He got injured early on. He already had a shot on goal. Yeah, these things happen. It was a good decision to go with Tolisso and just didn't work out. That's the way it is. Yeah. Um, but, th- but this week, do you prefer yeah. investing in the Sunday games as opposed to this one then? I mean, you said your spidey senses are tingling and there's a reason for that. Yeah, so I'm, uh, with Dortmund, definitely prefer, I like Guerrero. Probably my my favorite defender out of the last three games of the match day. And then we've got Nkunku. And if Haaland fit, then it's Haaland. Then we already have probably enough flexibility. True. Yeah. Many guys have already have Kimmich. They have Lewandowski in their squad. So, yeah, I, I think that's enough flexibility. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about Borkum against Leipzig. So Borkum have picked up 21 of their 29 points this season on home soil. Meanwhile, Christopher Nkunku, uh, he scored in three straight Bundesliga games and has six goals in 2022 already. Only Robert Lewandowski, with nine to his name, has more since the turn of the year. The question I was going to ask you for this one, Flo, is there yeah. any temptation to double up in the Leipzig midfield at all? Unfortunately not. Although Danny Olmo is such a great football player. Well, oh, what a joy right? to watch. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. But we've got the game in San Sebastian on Thursday. Then it's the match at Bochum on Sunday. And then it's the cup match at Hannover next Wednesday. And I can tell you, this cup match is probably the most important to Leipzig. Because they don't have a domestic title. They don't have an international one as well. Um, so they don't have a title. The cup this year, Dortmund's already out of it. Uh, Leverkusen's already out of it. Bayern is already out of it. So Leipzig, they are the big favorites to win the cup. They will do anything, uh, well, everything, I should say, in, in, in their might to win the cup. That's so... I think that their concentration will be getting to the next round in the Europa League, playing their best guys. Doing some rotation at Bochum, 
playing their best team in the cup. That's how I see I see the situation. And that makes it a really risky proposition because like you want to double up in the Leipzig midfield. Who are you talking about? Probably Olmo. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and or, or maybe I mean it maybe the bigger gamble is Schoberschleit. But that I mean the interesting thing is Domenico Tedesco did come out recently and say at some point we're gonna have to give Nkunku a rest. It's just hard to in his current form. And I'm wondering whether the you know, this sneaky little game against Bochum. Well, he he did him kind of a rest. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he like we'll see Nkunku getting subbed off early when games are decided pretty often. But for instance, against Real Sociedad, two-all draw in the first leg, that could be a tight game that goes to the full 90, yeah. and Kunku might be needed. And then the game against Bochum, when you have almost Schroberschlei in the background, you go, well, we'll give Christopher a rest against Bochum away from home, yeah. where they're going to probably try and kick him off the park anyway. Yeah, it's like that's why it's, it's, it's such a risky proposition that I'm, 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 I don't want to gamble on that. Especially, it's like, I'm not sure if, like, if Nkunku is rested, who says that Leipzig is functional? <laughs> but I think, <laughs> because Olmo is a pretty good footballer, as you just pointed no, out. No, it's so functional like they did before. I mean, Olmo came on, but Nkunku was still on. And they were, like, as Nkunku went off, Hata was already decimated. So it was much easier. Yeah. And the game was already decided. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's my issues I have with doubling up on Leipzig, and that's why I'm I'm not thinking about doing that. And that's why that's exactly why I asked you that question yeah. because I, I wanted to hear your opinion on it. So let's close out the fixture list with Augsburg against Dortmund. Now, Dortmund they've scored 22 goals since the turn of the year, more than any other. Bundesliga club. Meanwhile, Erling Haaland, uh, he scored a hat-trick on his Bundesliga debut or his Dortmund debut in Augsburg. That was just over two years ago. He has 56 goals in the 57 Bundesliga games uh, that he has played, all told. Who do you trust then? You've mentioned Guerrero. Is there anyone else you would trust to close out the match day? Yeah, you, you can trust Marco Royce, it seems like, I, right now. Yeah. So he's looking good. Why is he doing? So shout out to Swam Not Paul, Ronan Murphy, who was with, uh, with the Talking Football pod on Monday. So uh, if you haven't, it's definitely worth listening. And he was talking about the situation, like how was it possible that Amr Chan was taking that penalty? I don't get it either. So Royce already had two, uh, a brace, three assists. So he could had a hat-trick and three assists to his name in one game, which would be like a game of historical dimensions. And he doesn't take the penalty. I don't get it, James. That's bad form. He should think of all the fantasy managers who would be celebrating that that circle. Can can I make a counterpoint and say that I, this is maybe... Maybe I'm just, I'm hoping for the best here, but I think it's the romantic in Marco Royce that didn't want to do that to his former club. He'd already done enough damage. You know, it's 5 nil up. Yeah, that's why he celebrated, like, it meant well, the world to him, <laughs> the goals before. No, it's... I try and find the romance was, in football. It, it was like, they had, Emma Chan is a penalty taker right now. Royce had a few misses. I get that, but it's 5 nil. Come on. There's, that's a chance you have to take. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I do agree. It was an incredibly impressive performance. But no, I, I, yeah, I mean, again, with Marco Royce, it always comes down to the same argument. If he wasn't a striker, he'd be very high on the shopping list. Yeah. But the minute he got made a forward in this game... Yeah, still, but still, if Haaland's still true, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you can make an argument for Royce being That's viable. Yeah. And just because it's more on his shoulders. I'm not sure that we'll see these kind of games too often if Haaland is in this, in this squad. True. True. Um, just because of like more of these kind of um, yeah situations will end up at Haaland um, being the one. But yeah, still. He's, a, he's um, a player that demands the ball, strangely enough, uh, given his qualities. But yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. If 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 Marco Rosa comes out and says that Erling Haaland is not available, then Marco Royce's stock goes up um, again in this game. Just in a fantasy sense, I'm not like I'm not trying to say that like like Royce is better in a football sense when Haaland isn't on the pitch. It's not necessarily what I'm saying. It's just like the pie, the attacking pie is much bigger if there isn't like a big Norwegian bloke who, who just wants all the pie. <laughs> yeah. That's just, With an just the way it hunger. is. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very well put. Very well put. Okay, let's close out the show then with our player picks. Starting with the Vegas choice as always. Who's your pick, Flo? Uh, I'm going with uh, Katarabek. Uh, Friday evening already said like how how big his shot involvement is. Stuttgart is prone to concede a lot of shots, so uh, yeah, it's definitely. I'm I'm really like I don't like that I already have Sosa. Maybe I'm still bringing in Kadrabek, but because he's probably my favorite buy in defense for that match day in the not high end. Like Guerrero is, yeah, but I probably uh, even prefer uh, Kazrabek uh, over Guerrero. Oh, ooh, that's, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a good argument. Friday night game, cheaper price. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's a good Vegas choice, definitely. I mean, uh, you're right. Friday night's a great night for a gamble. I've gone with Jorginho Ruter. I think I kind of mentioned earlier as to why he's a Vegas choice based on the fact that A, he may not be in the starting lineup, but B, also he is a very much a one-and-done variety this week. So yeah, won't won't go into it anymore. Super Schnäppchen, Flo, where are you looking? So my Super Schnäppchen is the culture Cafu, how he's called, and it's Benno Schmitz. And you can, like, we can all make fun about him and his nickname but I came across a stat this week that really uh, yeah made me see Benno Schmitz in a different light um, if we talk about uh, successful passes in the final third uh, of the pitch so the most important part of the pitch if you want to score goals then it's this is the order from all Bundesliga players this season. It's Kimmich, Müller, Royce, Grifo, Nkunku, Nabri, Wurz, Sané, pretty expectable. Then it's Pavard, then it's Kramaric, and then in 11th place is Benno Schmitz with 2019. And it, like, it, it really sticks out that he's so high up there. Um, wasn't always like so efficient. But he's getting in the situations where he might end up being involved in goals and shots. And he's cheap and they're traveling to third. Yeah, I, I think that Ben Schmitz is, 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 is a good and my favorite probably budget option. Uh, apart from like 
the guy like Aaron Martin taking set pieces and so on, still better, but like he's in all your squads for, and we mention him basically every week. So, yeah, I know. but Ben Schmitz is just, I wanted to say this, this stat is just insane. That, so that, you, you are right. I would never have put him that high up in that regard, especially given the fact that, you know, it's not like he plays like for a team like Bayern where they have a lot of intricate passes in the final third, like someone like Benjamin Pavard, right? Instead, Benoit Schmitz is up there probably on the merits of the accuracy of his crossing, which is is fantastic and does bode well for a fantasy uh, player as well. I had him down on the list, so I'm glad you, glad you mentioned him uh, to pick someone else and maybe someone that we haven't mentioned too much, although I think I mentioned him last week as a super Schnepfen option, uh, but it's Benjamin Hubner. I'm staying with the, the Hoffenheim route. If you can't maybe stretch to someone like Pavel Kaudajabek, I think Benjamin Hubner, 3.7 million. He proved last week that he can still get double-digit hauls without scoring goals, and that is an important facet for someone of his price range. And yeah, may not be in a lot of squads. Uh, how about your banker then, Flo? Who are you really backing this week? Yeah, I'm going with Modest. Um, I, I thought about going with Grifo here. And I, I, I probably uh, would put Grifo down as my banker if it weren't a week where everyone needs to sell and buy strikers and defenders. I, I, I think the guys who are in the midfielder market this week are the lucky ones. Many probably don't have the luxury to uh, get and uh, buy a midfielder. Uh, so in the midfield market, Grifo is probably my favorite one just because of the set piece weakness of Hatta and also the underlying stats of Grif- Grifo are still great. So yeah, not as many successful, <laughs> or, or he's at number four. I, I just wanted to say not as many successful passes as Benno Schmitz in the final third, but that's wrong. <laughs> I was going to say that would have sitting at me. number four. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Vincenzo. He's actually like, he's 262 and Nkunku is 200. 53 in that regard so he's even higher up there than in is so uh fair play to Grifo but uh since like uh, I'm going with the striker it, it's Anthony Modest uh, I think the way he came back and like the awareness like he wanted to nutmeg trap to make that goal happen oh yeah it, it, it was so yeah Ice cold. I'm not sure if you can say that. Um, yeah. 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 Um, great finish. Ice cold finishing. Yeah. Great finish. And I think at least one goal at third is in the in the books for or in the cards for Modest. Yeah. No. I. I. You know. I like that pick. I think it's a very good one. Um. And yeah. I think. Yeah. Between him and Ruter, I think they're both interesting choices in terms of that price range for strikers as well. But. With Anthony Modest, you get a lot more security than you get with Jorginho Ruter. So I do like that pick. I, I to be honest, I, I wrote the notes down earlier and I threw I threw in Jonas Hoffman. It seems like a very throwaway banker pick, but I just tried while Flo was talking about his own banker pick, I tried coming up with a better one and I couldn't. So I'm just gonna throw Jonas Hoffman. Hoffman is a great is, is a great pick. Well, he's a great pick, but yeah. he just seems like he seems like you know it's a kind of of course 
a banker, right? You know, it's like saying Lewandowski's a banker or Flo Vitz is a banker at times. Like, of course, Jonas Hoffman's in a lot of squads, but I'm going to stick with it because, as I said, I couldn't come up with a better one. And in fairness, Flo gave you two anyway, so <laughs> you're getting getting more bang for your buck anyway than yeah. you normally get in the banker stakes. So uh, <laughs> we will leave it there um, and bring an end to this week's episode of Talking Foosball Fantasy. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, feel free to get in touch on your social media platform of choice. And if you have not yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. But for now, from me, your host, James Sargood Flo, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören. And a laugh, of course.